Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Schaffer, Michael Palmer, Brandon Jones along with you. And the time has finally come. It's time for our prediction show here in 2018. Ready to roll out six predictions to each uh, on what we see coming up here in 2018. If we have more time, we will bring more up as the episode allows. But as I always like to do to start the show, Michael, how are you today? What's new in your world? I'm, I'm excellent. I'm excited about us, uh, you know, stepping up with our own offerings this year where we've done enough trend curation and uh, trend analysis. And now it's time for us to uh, put our hats in the ring, uh, as it were, and, uh, and uh, offer some of the things that we think are going to be heating up uh, in 2018. So, uh, so I'm good. I'm, I'm amped. I'm, uh, I'm excited. And Brandon, are you ready for Claudio from uh, NPR to have a similar take on your takes that you had on his? Yeah, I'm expecting to get dragged by Claudio at some point. Uh, yeah. Come, come, uh, come at me um, on uh, on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to it. I, I think laying some, putting ourselves out there and saying this will happen. Mm. I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will each have a prediction. We're gonna have Mike step up to the plate first which is a shock to him, but uh, yeah. hosting allows for some control here. So it's fun. Uh, Mike, uh, we have some uh, interesting topics on hand here. I think things that uh, we all are looking forward to here in 2018. What is the first topic you'd like to offer up uh, for a short uh, discussion here? Sure. First topic uh, that I'd like to offer for discussion is the concept of time hacks uh, and or uh, cognitive hacks, but really time hacks are what I'm most focused on. So um, read a great book by Daniel Pink, uh, who uh, has written other uh, organizational psychology books, uh, which are excellent. His most recent book is called When, uh, where he- What? When. Oh, sorry. Not what, different W. Uh, but, uh, but he talks about uh, timing uh, and uh, when it's the right time to do different types of things. One of the main things he focuses on is uh, sleep patterns and ways to refresh uh, the idea that we're not always 100% cognitively and that there are times when we dip. Uh, in fact, we're recording this uh, in the afternoon. There's a classic uh, trough in the afternoon where we're less uh, attentive and uh, more apt to make errors. Uh, so, uh, so one of the things uh, as a recommendation there is avoid uh, medical procedures in the afternoon. Uh, another tip there is uh, the concept of a nappuccino, uh, which is the idea that you take your afternoon cup of coffee right when you're heading into your trough. It takes about half an hour for the coffee, the caffeine to actually take effect in your nervous system. So right after you down the coffee, you take a 20 minute nap. And when you wake up, you're doubly restored. You're restored and then amped by the stimulant. So Pink's book got me thinking a lot about how that could apply to learning. And I think there's a lot of hacks that we could explore. The ones I'm probably most interested in is around sleep and around how being smart about your own uh, attentiveness and fatigue and how uh, getting a better handle on your own sleep patterns and your attentiveness patterns and uh, things like Nappuccinos um, can actually enhance learning. And I think I'm going to try to proselytize that information. We're going to reach out to uh, Mr. Pink, uh, see if we can get his input. Um, but, uh, but I think time hacks like that are really interesting. Another time hack learning hack is variable speed listening, uh, which we've talked about in the past. But how do you get efficient about 
taking in learning information. And uh, I think it's twofold. One is around your attentiveness and ready to receive the information. And the other one's really more about speed. So, uh, so that's my first one. I think how we measure it and how we sort of track this type of stuff, we'll figure it out. But that's, uh, that's my first offer. Can, can we react to, to this? Dan, Dan, is that that's fair game? I think that's, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I think that's right on. Uh, I'm going to say you're right. Nice. Uh, that is a trend. I, I think that, um, so that we've talked about some of the bi- so biometrics and, Absolutely. and performance measurement and, you know, making a crossover from sports to, to the workplace Ooh. or to education. Yeah. I think the more we do of that, the more we're going to find that restfulness and um, sort of uh, presence uh, based on um, your, you know, your, your bio state is, it's really important. I think that you can all reflect, we all uh, can reflect on times when we've been relatively better or worse. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's related to a lot of things outside of, you know, probably within our control, but, but outside of the things that you might normally think about. Totally. And a lot to talk about there. I do. Um, I was hoping I could get a nappuccino in before this show yeah. so that we could test how awesome I am. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, this is just normal level of awesome as opposed to post-nappuccino. But there will be a future show, I hope, this I, year. I hope you're a practitioner. I, I would yeah. love to have you show up just post-nappuccino. Fresh off a nappuccino. Yeah. Because the other thing real quick, and I know I'm over on time. Or have you not even show up and I'll just record the show with Dan. Like it'll be, well, you know, you could sure. just be snoozing yeah. and losing. Nice. Yeah. Or, or winning in a I sense. I wouldn't want that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the other thing they talk about around the nappuccino, and I will, I will yield my time soon, Dan, so don't worry about that, is the idea of sleep inertia, which is also why you want to keep your nap short, mm. where like once you go beyond that 30 minutes, you, that's when you get groggy. And I've always had trouble with, uh, with the afternoon nap because then I'm feeling logy uh, the whole rest of the afternoon. So, uh, so yeah, a lot to, lot to unpack there. Maybe we'll even do a show on it. Um, and it may come back for March Madness. But I was thinking time hacks and the importance of sleep, attentiveness, uh, cognitive hacks, that whole noise. We'll get organized about how we measure it, but that's my first offer. I think it's great. I think, as Brandon said, ties back to TB12, ties back to wearables, all things that we've talked about before, but into the education space. So it'll be fun to track that one uh, into this year. Uh, look forward to uh, maybe getting Mr. Pink on in the future, uh, talking about uh, this book and, and reading it myself. Brandon, you're next up. What is your first prediction for 2018? My first prediction for 2018 is that we're going to see an uptick in kid solving. Mm. That's a word I'm coining here for the first time on the air, kid solving. Mm. The portmanteau, thank you, Dan, yeah. of two words, kid yes. or kids. Sure. It's either kid and solving or kids and alving. Sure. <laughs> either way. All that. And the, uh, beyond the, the, uh, the playfulness of the portmanteau there, um, the idea is that more kid problems are going to have kid solutions mm-hmm. and that whether that's from activism uh, and I think through social media and with uh, viralness, um, there can be activism like uh, you know, the, the, the kid, uh, I think Preston Sharp was his name, that was lauded in the State of the Union speech last week uh, for the, putting the 40,000 flags on graves of fallen soldiers, things like that. Um, where, you know, something that is a, a kid-driven solution going viral, uh, you know, there are, there are kid fashion bloggers who are, you know, 14, 15, 16, who yeah. are super prominent in the space. Uh, and I think that um, there's going to be kids who are super prominent in the education space too, whether it's through a YouTube channel mm-hmm. that has a, just a really compelling 
uh, kid on there, the next Mr. Wizard or the next maybe a Ms. Wizard, a yeah. Miss Wizard, um, you know, someone who is going to be fun and engaging and, and for kids, by kids. I also think that, that um, kid problems, grown-up grown solutions to kid problems often don't work because mm -hmm. they're seen through the eyes of grown-ups and there's that power gap that, um, you know, sort of just makes things kind of awk uh, whenever a grown-up is trying to solve a kid problem. And I, I, so I think that with the combination of technology, social media, uh, empowerment, uh, activism, and just the, the, the uh, digital nativism, things that, that kids have these days. And by kids, I mean anybody could be, you know, could be K through 12, mm -hmm. any, anywhere in there. I expect to see more kid problems uh, solved by, uh, by kids. Nice. I like it. And uh, I think I was mentioning you before, too. I think we as grown people can also learn a lot from the kids. So, like, I think what you're talking about is for kids, by kids. But I would say, I think an extension of that, I've talked to a lot of folks who are learning about robotics because they have kids. Mm. And uh, I think that's also helpful for folks who don't have kids to think similarly to parents who are learning through their kids. So like the level to which you guys are plugged into STEM and robotics training is in part coming from the fact that you're raising kids who are sort of exposed to new problems to solve and new ways of thinking. So um, definitely love the direction you were taking with by kids for kids, but I think the rest of us are by kids for all. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I think that's, that's a right, that's right on. Um, and so kid kid solving can also be for, for adulting problems. Nice. Um, I think that uh, another interesting thing there is, uh, and there may be literature on this, but you know, kids, especially in traditional K-12 settings are in the process of learning all the time. Mm -hmm. And so the, the divide between or the, the um, relationship between learning and teaching can be, uh, can be interesting that, that, you know, I, I know as when I was a kid, I would learn best by, you know, teaching to friends who are doing math problems with or whatever. Right. I, was, I was like, you know, you can't see me pushing my finger up my nose, uh, the bridge of my nose to be clear. But uh, I was a, a hashtag nerd alert. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I felt like I learned most when I was teaching, but I think that the kids who are in that learning mode can be teaching uh, too. So that's, uh, there's something there there. You ain't kidding. I'm solving. Yeah. Peer to peer I, aspect. I, of I it. ain't kidding, but they are. Yeah. Something like that. Kids something like that. Kid solving though. Kid solving. Kid solving is, yeah. a, I think it's a winning turn of phrase Thank you. and we're going to have to figure out what's going to make the March madness. But I would say right now, if I were looking at those brackets, I would think kid solving just as like a, a hook. Yeah. You could do a lot with that. Maybe, you. maybe you could educate that trend. I might, I might, we might, Hey, that's a callback. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think that's a hashtag brand there too, Brandon, that you can and build around with uh, how, solving. And, and Dan, how about, how about you? You're, uh, you, you're tracking some stuff. Do you have, uh, do you have some, uh, some of your new trends you're tracking in 2018? I uh, do. I do. My first is that SEL goes digital. Of course, SEL socio-emotional learning, uh, goes digital in two different ways. I think here in 2018, we've started to see it, but we're going to see a proliferation. I think of the curriculum itself, the lessons going online, going to mobile apps, uh, teachers and classrooms, being able to call up YouTube videos and various other technology to help with uh, in-classroom, social-emotional learning. But I also think it's going to be a much bigger focus here in 2018 on digital presence, on digital citizenry, as we've talked about here, for social-emotional learning. How to, uh, one, uh, protect yourself and be 
you know, emotionally sound and make sure that you are communicating the thoughts and feelings you have online, but also how to take care of others uh, and how to be a good uh, partner and a good friend online as you are in person uh, to people that you may not even know. So really getting kids to understand uh, that their online presence and their in-person presence are very much tied together. And I think we're going to see that uh, come to the fore that much more here in 2018. Yeah, I mean, uh, we uh, we went deep with uh, Keisha from the Bronx and uh, correspondent Esther Lee talking about how to teach kids to learn about fake news. Um, got a lot of good response on that show too. So uh, I like this one and maybe as we track it, we could do more um, conversations with educators about how they would actually uh, teach socio-emotional learning, especially if they could do it digitally. And in Keisha's case, um, there's a little bit of that. It was more digital citizenship, but there's, I think it's all of a piece. There. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would put that in the same bucket where there's, you know, there's the the uh, reading, writing, arithmetic kind of core skills, but then we're re- we're realizing how core some of these. You know, I'm, I'm now making air quotes. You can't see it. This is the bad form factor for doing <laughs> things with my hands. Um, where uh, you know, it's, it's so, so these soft skills, so to speak, are are so core too. Right. We're seeing more and more of the whole student being taught in school. Uh, so I think that'll continue to expand. Mike, you're on the clock for uh, prediction number two here yeah. for education and learning in 2018. And this, to be clear, this is prediction two of two. So this is my last Correct. link. <laughs> yeah, today. let's do it. Let's I got, do I got it because I got a bunch that I'm not going to talk about. Yeah, you got you to gotta groom your backlog. They'll become, they'll, they'll become <laughs> don't get me started. And then, uh, but then more to come. So yes. I think we may have more, uh, more to add. And I think uh, ultimately we'll share them by maybe March and then figure out which ones, uh, which ones win, which one don't. Is which it gonna be, mine will be December. Bad. What's that? Mine will be in December. I'll share the rest of mine yes. in December to see yeah. how these run. Perfect. But we'll do a March Madness, right? Yes. March Madness was, was huge it last was, year. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And that hopefully will engage with our listeners too. So let us know which of these trends you like, which ones you don't. So again, uh, you know, embarrassment of riches when it comes to trends that I'm looking at. But, uh, but the one I'm going to land on is uh, saber learning, saber learning. So good. Yeah. So, uh, and you almost like you were talking about my second trend in response to my first trend. So uh, I think that's, that's, that's mostly good because I think thematically there's something going on, but, uh, but it's basically borrowing the lessons from saber metrics and looking at how they intersect with the quantified self. So like how we're all measuring ourselves, we're Fitbitting, we're doing other things. I think more and more those activities are not going to be just physical. They're also going to be about cognitive activities, learning. Um, I am on a reading tip this year and I'm tracking it all in Goodreads uh, and I've enjoyed that. It's been motivational. Um, Would love it if we could figure out better how to actually quantify this stuff so that we could get the metrics right. Um, And then obviously... Each of us is different. We all have jagged talent profiles, but, um, but I think we can all at least set our own goals against our own baselines. And then uh, over time, maybe some general managers will start plugging us into the right uh, learning opportunities. But, but Sabre Learning uh, was, uh, was where I landed with my, my second trend. I've, you've, you've been my Scott Hatterberg uh, all along, <laughs> Mike Palmer. Yeah, I, I see. I, when I said how excited I was, I thought you were taught that saber learning would be like not getting stuck in the La Brea tar pit. 
Sure. Yeah, that's a different kind of saber learning, though. Yes. Like, yes. Uh, I got it. Like, saber-toothed tiger? Yeah. Yeah. Like, their ancestors, apparently, they, although they died out, so they didn't actually have that learning. They all got stuck. <laughs> um, I, so, I, can I, I could not be more excited about this one either. Awesome. I think, I, think uh, I guess it, it depends on the, the field of vision in terms of our analysis. I think we, yes. we said it has to get some traction in 2018. Yeah, I think we, we said action. Action. Yeah, I think so. Got and traction. Action and traction. Can't have traction without action. And we can't get no satisfaction That's without right. some action or traction. Yeah. So it has to in 2018. And I think it, I think it will slash has. But I think this one's a, a big, this is a big one to bet on long term. Long term. The measuring of education. So in uh, Sabermetrics, you have wins above replacement. Do I have learning above replacement here? Do I get LAR? I like, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're early stage. If you want in on this one, uh, we're, we're happy to find thought partners. Uh, and, uh, I'm hoping to build out a learning fantasy team sometime in 2018 or 2019. I look yeah. forward to it. You want to uh, draft, draft a lot of kindergartners. Just like, awesome. yeah. yeah. Long-term growth. Uh, Brandon, you're on the clock for your second and final prediction for 2018. My second and final prediction for 2018 is strengthsing. Mm. So I, I made both of mine into Jaren's. I, I like the action implied in the doing of the verb. You got a little uh, Kevin Kelly, the inevitable kind of vibe, right? Yeah, yeah. He did that. Well, I only had two. So like sure. I, I, I may have had a different, I may have gone a different direction that I had sure. more. You got range. Yeah. Um, the idea, this, and this is, this, this is a thing that is a thing already. So I'm betting on this thing getting more traction. Sure. Which is uh, playing to your strengths. Uh, in in education specifically, so things like Strength Finder have been around in the workplace for a long time, but the idea of you know for for a kid, for example, who's struggling in math, rather than get her a math tutor, getting her an art tutor, like getting her a tutor in a in a place to to do something that she really likes and really enjoys, and there's a halo effect from that, focusing on strengths that actually not only makes her better at the things that she really loves. Uh, which, you know, what, what are we here for if not for to do the things that we love? Um, it also actually, I think, has, has shown, my understanding is, that I think, my understanding is that it has shown to improve the areas of weakness too. Hmm. You're more confident, you're more comfortable, you know, you're spending time doing th things that you like. Uh, and it may not be an either or, maybe a both and. You sure. know, maybe it's that you get a... Um, a math leaning art tutor or math, uh, an art tutor who can code switch and, and do some math too. Yeah. Um, but uh, the idea that people, that, that people, kids, but I think this is true of everybody are, do, they do better when they're in better frames of mind and that the better frames of mind, states of mind come from feeling confident and comfortable and engaged and not, uh, you know, just uh, I'm, I'm a bad kid who's bad at this. I'm bad at X, so let's keep doing X. Instead, I'm good at Y. Let's do Y. I'm also, uh, you know, and just for those of you who are getting tired of how much we're agreeing with each other, <laughs> the during March Madness, it's it's going to change. Yes. Because that's when we have we to point take, counterpoint. take opposing views. Yes. But I would say while we're still in the warm-up. Don't tune back in until March. <laughs> but Is that not what we say? <laughs> no, not yet. But uh, we do that at the end of February. Got it. Uh, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, but not, right. not at the beginning of February. But uh, but no, I think for for this one, and I also I thought you touched on some other interesting ideas there too, where like sort of the concept of a mashup too. So like if you find someone is really great at they, they one of their strengths is art, and art fills their buckets. To use uh, a parlance I know you're fond of, like if art fills fills their buckets, they could learn science 
by doing art and they could learn math by understanding uh, the geometry of shapes. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, I think it's, it's interesting where like they could both, you know, pursue what they love, but also learn the fundamentals through a different lens. So I, I think there's a lot going on there. Uh, Dan, any thoughts on, uh, on how great Brandon's idea was? <laughs> uh, put me on the spot. Why don't you? I, I like it. And I like the idea of uh, you read a lot about uh, focusing on strengths rather than weaknesses. And I think uh, getting into uh, that in the education space. Brandon, I do ask the, the question talking about 2018, where do you see it implemented? Like where, where, if you're projecting it for 2018, where do you see the best spot? Uh, kindergarten, elementary school? Is it a high school thing? Or, or where do you see this uh, growing in 2018? Yeah, I, I hope that I'm talking to some parents as a parent here. Um, and so, yeah, the data has suggested too that more engaged parents lead to better performing children in every grade. And so whether you're a parent of a, of a pre-K-er um, uh, or a, you know, K-8-er or an 8-9-12-er, uh, I, I hope that you can look to what, you know, what brings joy to your child and, and, you know, find the academic things. And I think most children, especially those children who are not yet old enough to have the love of learning ground out of them by failures, <laughs> like most children love something about learning. Like it could be books. It could be. Just math. mention my name next time, Brandon. You don't have to beat around the bush there. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm talking to you, Mr. And Mrs. Strafford, Dan's parents. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that, uh, that's who I'm talking to. And, and so whether it's in, you know, an actual K-12 setting or in the home or outside the home, um, uh, that, that's where I hope this, this catches on. I love it. And I think it's something I would use with my daughter, right? And I think you're two tied together pretty well, Brandon, too. The idea of the kid solving along with then using their strengths to kid solve, uh, for other kids is a great one as well. Mike, you had something to say? Yeah, I think strength things, strength sing, strength sing, strength sing, 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 sing it. Strength sing, yeah. Strength sing is absolutely relevant throughout your life, but the idea is to get really optimized, best return on your strength sing. If you go back to saber learning, you would want to start with that uh, kindergartner I was talking about. You would want to, as a parent, you would want to start as soon as they're starting to learn anything try to understand what their strengths are and see whether that helps them uh, move in the right direction. And obviously the rest of us have a lot to learn there. Dan, I believe you're, um, you're going to be batting cleanup on this, although it's technically sixth, but let's act like it's cleanup. All right. uh, it's a it's a deep lineup where we're stretching we're stretching out here but uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna leave one on the table i have one for later but i'm gonna go focus on play here in 2018 and i think uh, as we've seen over the past few years steam has become sorry uh stem and technology uh obviously in engineering and math in the classroom has become such a focus i've heard more and more teachers specifically from the grassroots uh wanting to get more play into the classroom and outside the classroom and i think here in 2018 we're going to see much more of a grassroots movement amongst teachers themselves and parents uh, trying to push for more recess and more play in the classroom and more ability for students maybe to go about strengthen strength sing strength sing and uh, really play with their strengths and and dive into art more and dive into just play and let kids be who they are and, and, and uh, play a little bit more in the classroom to then better understand how uh, other things like engineering, like uh, math work, uh, point to something we talked about on our Christmas episode, uh, which was the magnet tiles. Um, something that uh, I will call back to you because my four-year-old loves them and has shown a really big ability to build things that I would never have even imagined with them. And we've now used those to start to teach her math. 
and start to teach her the, the, the things that go along with it. So I think as play develops and as more teachers do it, we're going to see more and more of it uh, in the classroom for even older kids too, uh, letting them have a little bit more time to get their hands dirty. So, so Dan, if I'm getting you right, you're saying that there might be some grassroots movement to help kids learn how to play better while kids solving problems that are tied to what was your second one? Their strengths. Their strengths. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, you kinda, almost got there. I almost got there. Yeah. Focus on what you're good at. <laughs> yes, yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah. Remembering <laughs> may not be a strength right, right. of mine. Yes. Yeah. So uh, there are six predictions uh, from uh, your uh, trio of hosts here on Training and Education. We'd love to hear what you have to say about those predictions and what your predictions are for 2018. Uh, Mike, uh, we're going to talk March Madness. Um, I know some listeners are new listeners, uh, but to talk about last year, we took 16 teams uh, and we uh, took 16 topics and pitted them against one another. Um, any from today, do you feel like you're, you're ready to, to push forward as, as something that we may, may see come March? I'm a big fan of kid solving, especially as a turn of phrase. I don't know if I've heard it before, so I'd like to get that one some play. Uh, similarly, I like, uh, I love mine, uh, <laughs> both of them. Um, I don't know. I think selection criteria is going to be tough. We should figure out, uh, maybe we go to 32 this year, uh, and we maybe look at, uh, look at our back catalog to see which shows got the most action, uh, which uh, topics we covered we think the addition. Citadel is going to win. <laughs> Let me tell you what's dragons. Dragons. But in addition, Drogon, the but dragon. It, but in addition to like these new, so we're going to have some new ones to add, which maybe the ones that folks like will become topics for new shows. But, uh, but I think I definitely, I like kids solving a lot. And uh, uh, yeah. Um, and the winners, I mean, you tell us, you, you tweeted us to, to find out who wins. For I mean, sure. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to our January 2019 episode where we, go and scoreboard our uh, our predictions yes. you know especially since we'll find ways to say we went six for six absolutely dan just get like well let's let's get on that yeah and that's a that's a tease i think for next week's show too where we're gonna we're gonna bring in a trend curator uh who grades himself every year so maybe we could uh talk about how we could learn from uh from that so a lot of trends uh already in flight and uh good stuff on the horizon of course, next week's show, that'll be Rohit Bargava, who uh, is uh, the author of a great book that uh, we got to talk to him about. In fact, Mike sat down and talked to him uh, about uh, the, the topics at hand, the predictions he had for 2018, uh, where he sees uh, the predictive market uh, going and how he goes about uh, doing his work uh, each and every year uh, as he writes and, and speaks at various different uh, events across the country. So uh, today's episode is in the books. We'll be back with you next week as we hear from Rohit. And we'll have more, of course, here in February, right here on Trending in Education.